Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is caught by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? Each week, we dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. In our next segment, it's the Sports Business Radio headlines of the week, and we've got some doozies for you. Some embarrassing details for a BCS CEO who finds himself in a lot of hot water. And then Barry Bonds, his trial going on this week, and many people testifying against Bonds, and it's not pretty for him. We'll have those details in our headline segment. Very special guest joining us on the show this week in segments three and four. We try and be timely on this show, timely guest this week, Norwood Teague, the athletic director for VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. They are the story in sports the last few weeks. Their basketball team making a remarkable run is an 11 seed all the way to the Final Four in Houston this weekend. We're going to catch up with Norwood Teague, talk about what this exposure, what all of this means for bottom line of his school. Are they going to be able to keep their coach? Shaka Smart. We'll talk about that coming up in segments three and four. A couple of other notes. Visit my Sports Business blog. Download the SBR podcast on demand, sportsbusinessradio.com. I'm on Twitter. Follow me, at SB Radio. Griggs, two people out of six million on ESPN.com got the Final Four. I think they're from the future. Who in the world would have had VCU and Butler in their Final Four? Not me. I was destroyed way back in like round one of this whole tournament, but uh, as usual. Yeah, uh, it's got to be some, like we were talking about a little bit yesterday, we were saying, you know, it's got to be somebody that lives there, loves the team, has a player on the team, something where they're just like, I don't care, it's my team, I'm putting them in. Yeah, I don't know how you got those two in the Final Four, but uh, pretty remarkable. All right, headlines coming up next. As we said, lots of headlines, some embarrassing ones. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is SBR. Back with more after this. I fell right through the cracks. Now I'm trying to get back. Before the cool done run out, I'll be giving it my best. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bowl Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the World Champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. 
It's time, baby. Special news bulletin. At Sports Business Radio, we're always on top of what's happening in the world of sports. And each week, we break down the stories you need to know about. This is Headlines. I want to be in the headlines. On Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio Headlines. Headline number one. The NCAA is down to its final four on the men's side of things. And CBS earned an 8.5 overnight Nielsen rating for its two NCAA men's basketball regional finals games on Sunday. So Kentucky's win over North Carolina gave the Wildcats their first trip to the Final Four since 1998. That drew a 9.7 overnight rating. That was up 26% from 2009, down 2% from last year, 2010. Ratings overall are up about 20%. Griggs, the story this week a lot of people are talking about is you've got two mid-majors, Butler and VCU, squaring off in one of the games, obviously Kentucky and UConn in the other game. People are wondering, is it going to hurt ratings? Personally, I think more people are going to watch because you've got these two Cinderella teams that have captivated the nation. People want to see, okay, who's going to win the battle of the Cinderellas, an 11-seed VCU, an 8-seed Butler. You know, and people... Look, Butler's still a Cinderella because no one thought they'd get back this year with Gordon Haywood graduating, their best player from last year's team. So it's really remarkable the job that Brad Stevens at Butler and Shaka Smart have done at VCU. Yeah, I agree with you. I tune in more for stuff like this because that's what makes the tournament is these upsets, the little schools making it in, and I think it's great. I think it's going to be fun. And the cool part about it is because Butler and VCU are facing off, one of them is going to be in the championship game. Now, the ticket market is going to be interesting. You know, there are those who say that schools don't travel well, the the mid-majors. But you're going to hear in my conversation coming up with Norwood Teague from VCU, VCU's traveling well. Butler traveled well last year. So I don't think that argument holds true with these two schools. They are thrilled to be in the Final Four. They are going to be out in full force in Houston. Each school gets 3,250 tickets. They get a block of 500 hotel rooms. I would expect that each school is going to sell out of that allotment. The other thing to remember, and I get this question all the time, how much money does a team get to split with their conference for each NCAA tournament victory? That number, $1.4 million. So for every game you advance in the tournament, you and your conference get $1.4 million. Keep that number in mind as well. All right, the headline of the week for me, Fiesta Bowl president and CEO John Junker fired this week amid multiple investigations of alleged political campaign finance violations and other financial misconduct. Let me let me give you some examples of uh, John Junker, who $592,000 a year to run a once-a-game football game, the Fiesta Bowl for the BCS. And by the way, the BCS, not happy about any of this, and they're so unhappy, Griggs, that they're talking about making the Fiesta Bowl, uh, kicking the Fiesta Bowl out of the BCS. So the Fiesta Bowl may not be a BCS game going forward. Okay, the Fiesta Bowl spent $33,000 to throw Junker a 50th birthday party at Pebble Beach, paying for flights, food, car rentals, and lodging. They sent $75 to send flowers to the head of honors admissions at the University of Texas. Lucy Junker, 
John Junker's daughter, was applying to the program. The Fiesta Bowl spent $13,000 on expenses related to Junker's assistant's wedding. The bowl flew Junker's family and other Fiesta Bowl employees to the wedding. It also helped pay for the honeymoon. Wow. The Fiesta Bowl, this is the best one of all, paid $1,200 in strip club bills in 2008 for Junker, the VP of Media Relations, and Maricopa County Sheriff's Lieutenant Aaron Brown to go to strip clubs because they said this was research. And here was Junker's comment when asked about these trips. We're in the business where big, strong athletes are known to attend these types of establishments. It was important for us to visit, and we certainly conducted business. You know, I'm so glad he threw that last part in, Griggs. We certainly conducted <laughs> business. Are you kidding me? This is what's wrong with these bowl games. And, you know, really big-time college sports. We've talked about it a bazillion times on the show. If you've read Death to the BCS by Dan Wetzel and some of the other writers from Yahoo, we had Dan on six months ago. We talked about how these bowl, the CEOs, like Junker, are getting you know, $500,000 to a $1 million a year in salary. They're nonprofits. They're hiding expenses like this. And they wonder why they get a bad name. But just from entertainment value, this was my favorite headline of the week. By far, that quote is, uh, when you read that to me, I was like, unbelievable. And yeah, this is the close. We certainly conducted business. I mean, how do you say that and not start laughing? I mean, this is great. I love it. Yeah, you have a lot of uh, different things running through <laughs> your, your mind when you hear, we certainly conducted business. Oh, yeah. But $1,200, and by the way, that sheriff was reimbursed for his visits to the strip club six other times. So, you know, look... We all have little stretches with things that we're trying to uh, put under our expenses tab for, for business, but that's taking it a little bit too far. Come on. And then when you're under the scrutiny, like you would think the Fiesta Bowl is, because again, they're a nonprofit, you've got to realize people are going to be examining those uh, expenditures. And it's really surprising it took this long. I mean, that happened in 2008. It's, it's surprising it took this long to catch that. Yeah, it has taken a while, and uh, again, it's just, I love how people cover things up, like, you know, security or research. Is that a strip club? How does that work? I mean, it's just, the cover-up is great. All right, our next headline, the NFL Players Association to begin lockout fund payments to players on April 15th. They began contacting players found eligible to receive payments from their lockout fund. They've been putting together this fund for months in anticipation of a work stoppage. An NFLPA source said the maximum payments to an individual player would total $60,000. Now, that sounds a lot to you and me. But to these players who are making millions of dollars a year, uh, you know, $60,000 may be able to uh, pay a few members of their entourage and get those rims on the car that they wanted. But I don't know how long they're going to be able to uh, sustain on $60,000. So that's part of the story, Griggs, is, you know, we have this work stoppage going on. Players aren't missing payments until September. We've talked about that. Till September, they're not missing payments. Once that happens and they're not getting those big checks, then there's a sense of urgency for the players. But this fund has been established and up to $60,000 will be handed out to players who signed up to be eligible for this 
and that'll start April 15th. Yeah, and like you said, it is kind of a, it's not much of a shocker to the players, I think, right now, because they've still got their money. But yeah, when those when those first checks are not showing up, that 60000 is going to go like that, because these lifestyles these guys live are just so extravagant that sixty grand they can blow that in a weekend, probably. Well, or it's like a mortgage payment for them. I mean, yeah. if you're living yeah. in a multi-million dollar mansion... Sixty grand is what you're paying for your mortgage every month. Jeez, can you imagine? All right, our next headline. This also is as embarrassing as the John Junker Fiesta Bowl headline. Barry Bonds on trial, and it's kind of like this is your life, Griggs. They bring in people who have known him, people who have dealt with him, players. But maybe the most embarrassing testimony came from Bonds' former mistress. That was on Monday. Kimberly Bell testified that Bonds told her he used steroids and became verbally abusive toward her at the end of their nine-year relationship. Griggs, she talked about the fact that he threatened or she he threatened her and said things like, I'm going to chop off your head and leave you in a ditch. When you hear these things, whether he said them or not, it makes him look like a really bad guy. She also talked about some of his genitalia, his sexual performance. I mean, this is humiliating stuff for Barry Bonds. And frankly, I don't know how it got to this point where, you know, Bonds has a lot of money. How do you not just say, okay, I did this, spend six months in prison like Marion Jones did? I guess because he's such an extreme narcissist. But All of the testimony that we're hearing this week from the Giambi brothers who testified that Anderson supplied them with performance-enhancing drugs, that's Greg Anderson, who is Bonds' trainer, everything points to the fact that Bonds, A, took steroids, and B, knew what he was taking. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And like you said, I mean, just just dragging it out, you'd think they just want to say, hey, get it over with. I made the mistake. Let's get it over with. Because he's just going to get, as you're seeing, come out. So much stuff brought brought out that's so embarrassing. I couldn't imagine sitting there hearing all this stuff. And the problem is the whole world's hearing. It's not just him in the courtroom. You know, right? It's humiliating. And Stan Conte, who's now the Los Angeles Dodgers head trainer, told the jury that Bonds viewed him in the medical department as spies for the owner. So Conte backs up the claims that you know he was concerned that Greg Anderson was around and that there was steroid use. So people knew about it. I mean, Giambi talks about the fact that he paid a total of about $10,000 for several shipments of steroids known as the Clear and the Cream, designed to evade detection starting in late 2002 and through the beginning of the 2003 baseball season. Syringes and a calendar detailing when he should take the substances were included in the first shipment. Bonds was getting the same stuff. There are other people that have testified. I think with all this testimony and with the fact that Kimberly Bell testified that Bonds was abusive, it certainly sounds like Barry Bonds is going to be convicted at least of some of the counts, and he may spend six to 12 months in prison. He can sit next to his buddy, uh, Greg Anderson, who is there doing time. And as we've talked before, God knows why Greg Anderson is sitting in prison on behalf of Barry Bonds, unless it's for lots and lots of money. All right. The story in the sports world the last few weeks, VCU, their men's basketball team, their run all the way to the final four as an 11 seed. Coming up next, my conversation with VCU's athletic director, Norwood Teague. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. It's a clear day in this city. Let's go dance under the 
street lights All the people in this world Let's come together More than ever I can feel it Can you feel it? Come on over Down to the corner of my sisters and my brothers has your big toe ever had a gout flare? If you've experienced intense pain, tenderness, and swelling in the joints of your big toe, you might be suffering from gout, a medical condition related to arthritis. If you have gout, there are various research studies going on right now that may need your help. One of the studies needs men and women at least 50 years old who have a history of chronic gout, suffer from cardiovascular disease such as a heart attack, chest pain, unstable angina, or complications due to diabetes. Another needs people who have suffered from chronic gout and have been told by a healthcare provider that they have decreased kidney function. Yet another needs men and women at least 18 years of age who have suffered no more than two gout flares in their lifetime and have never taken medication for gout. If you suffer from gout, call 877-859-7560 or log on to goutstudynow.com forward slash SBR to see if you may qualify for one of these studies. That's 877-859-7560. That's 877-859-7560. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. VCU is the story in the sports world over the past few weeks. The team has notched upsets over Georgetown, Purdue, and number one seed Kansas on its way to becoming only the third number 11 seed to make it to the NCAA tournament semifinals. The Rams face Butler, last year's runner-up to Duke on Saturday for a spot in the championship game opposite either Kentucky or Connecticut. My guest this week on the phone joining us on Sports Business Radio, Norwood Teague, the athletic director for Virginia Commonwealth. University, otherwise known as VCU. Norwood, congratulations on all your success, and uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a um, it's been a pretty interesting couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I want to ask you about that. Uh, walk us through the last few weeks. I mean, there were a lot of people that wondered, are you guys even going to make it into the tournament? Then you had to play your way in via this new first four format, and now you're cutting down nets this last weekend to go to Houston for the final four. What's it been like in between as far as the reaction from fans, donors, and just everyone who supported VCU? Well, the reaction has been phenomenal. Um, it's it's really enthralled our campus and our and and the city of Richmond. Um, you know, it's a it's a pretty savvy basketball area, and we we've, we've got quite a following already. Um, you know, in our fan base and in our in the city of Richmond. But this has just been transforming for the university. Uh, you know, I, in, in some ways, it'll obviously change the athletic department forever. But you know, it'll, this will change the university. It's just been absolutely incredible the energy the reaction um not only that uh the reaction after we've won but our our the amount of fans that are traveling down there we i won't say woefully underestimated but we have a lot of fans that are traveling we are currently out of hotel rooms we've sold out three or four charters uh as far as airline flights down there um, it, it has been stunning. Explain to our audience how many tickets each Final Four school gets, and then are you going to sell out of that allotment? It sounds like you are. We, every school gets about 3200 I think it's 3250 and we all have 500 hotel rooms, so we're going to run out of all that. And um, I know when some other mid-majors have gone to Final Fours, they have not. Uh, you know, we're a pretty big school. We, I mean, we're the largest school in the state of Virginia. Um, we're also uh, not a commuter school anymore. We're, we're residential. 80% of our students live on campus. Uh, 
And, you know, again, we're in a pretty large metropolitan area, so we have a lot of, I guess you say, curbside fans uh, who didn't go here and uh, have been following us. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know many people who are not going, honestly, uh, at this point. So let me ask you this. In your heart of hearts, I know, you know, you have to believe in your school and your men's basketball team, but a few weeks ago, did you see this team getting to the Final Four? And here's the proof in the pudding, Norwood. We talk about activating things. Did you have Final Four merchandise ready to go? Did you have these charters ready to go? Did you have those things ready to go for when and if they happened? Well, one thing that happens is, you, you know, obviously, you win in stages. So um, after we went to the uh, won the first two games and went to the Sweet 16, we did do a little bit of uh, preliminary work to think if we did win, here's what we can go with as far as a company, a, a travel company that will put all this together. It's not really hard to do. So we were we had to do a few things to, to at least get prepared. I'm 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 certainly glad we did because um, we have become a travel agency unto, uh, unto ourselves of late, and luckily we had contracted with a company uh, to put together some packages and handle a lot of that for us. So. Did I think we were going to go? You know, I, I, I'd be foolish to say I thought for sure we were going to the Final Four, but I knew we were a good team. We had a lot of, uh, as they would say, very legitimate pieces as a part of our, our, our team right now and, and a great young coach. Uh, I mean, the sky's the limit. Am I surprised? Sure, I'm surprised. Um, but I know that, you know, we, we've had some big wins, and uh, it's just all come together. A lot of times with merchandise sales, schools aren't able to keep up with demand. Are you able right. to keep up with the demand of merchandise requests that you're getting from fans who want VCU gear? I think we're doing all right. We're not we're not keeping up, I guess, as much as we need to be. Um, our bookstore had a line outside wrapping around it for Final Four T-shirts <laughs> yesterday, um, and our website has been getting pounded um, as far as Final Four T-shirts are concerned. Um, so you know we're. We're trying to keep up. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the thing about merchandise is, you know, you own it once you make it. So it, it's a quick turnaround to, to uh, have a Final Four birth. So we're trying to make it as quick as we can sell it. What about donors? I mean, every school has a donor base. You've got your major donors. You've got your alums that, you know, think about writing that check for $50. What are you doing to activate your donor base based on this magical run that you've had? Well, in a small way, you have to be a donor to buy tickets from us, and there's a certain amount of tickets you can buy per your your level. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a small donation of 250 bucks to be able to buy tickets, and most people are. But we're having other people who are coming out of the woodwork who want to give, and you know, we're trying to strike while the iron is hot with a lot of people and and make some asks this week that have been out there. We did that actually on the road in San Antonio one night. We solidified a handful of gifts that we're trying to um uh, you know try to tie up so we're trying to strike while the iron is hot luckily we have a uh, capital project going on in our building our arena about a four million dollar club seating uh luxury suite and also coach marked offices 
uh, we're building um, on one side of our arena. So we're tying a lot of those up today. If I could have a meeting here in about an hour uh, to make an ask uh, in that area. We're joined by Norwood Teague. He is the athletic director for VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Norwood, let's talk about raising that money. You've got an interesting background. You were at University of North Carolina with the Tar Heels. You've worked at Arizona State. You've worked at some big universities, big athletic departments. Talk about building the facilities and really building up your program so you can continue to, I guess, ride this magical carpet and attract elite athletes to come to your athletic department? Well, it is a key, um, and it's something that Coach Smart, uh, Shaka Smart, is very um, aware of, uh, along with myself. I mean, he um, feels like the support you give the program, uh, not just his salary, but what you do as far as uh, facilities and locker room renovations and and team travel and, you know, academic advisor support and I'm just naming some, you know, one of many areas where you have to um, continue to build and, and build your budget so you can fund those things. So, you know, I've seen it at, at, at other levels, and I know that, I mean, we're doing really well even before the Final Four as far as having a lot of support in and around our program. But it is vital and it is your lifeline. You've got to build, you've got to grow, and we're uh, – <laughs> We're going to take advantage of it and hopefully even accelerate that with this Final Four run. You've got a, a large student body, as you alluded to earlier. Do you think that this run is going to spike your applicants that are applying to come to VCU? You know, I do. I, I always think that that is the case. I know there's been a lot of studies that say yes, it does, or no, it does not. Um, when you have a, you know, they, they call it the Flutie effect at Boston College. Right. Or, the Ralph Sampson effect at UVA back in the 80s. I think it does. I think it spurns an amazing amount of interest. I think we'll see a significant spike in freshman applications. Um, the amount of branding, marketing, and even just when you use, use the word advertising that we have gotten and received over the last two weeks, I mean, it is in the millions and millions of dollars worth of that type of uh, exposure. My NCAA sources tell me, we had Greg Shaheen on the show a few weeks ago, $1.4 million for the team and its conference for every game that you play in the NCAA tournament. I don't know if that's correct, but you know, yeah. when it's all said and done, what kind of money do you think that you will have to apply towards your athletic department from this run? We will, once, once the shares are that we earn, and then Old Dominion earns some, so did Mason this year, that go back into our our distribution pool in the CAA, we will go from about, or uh, this year we'll earn about $200,000. We dropped a little bit because some of our shares dropped off because it's a kind of six-year window, is, and it's a six-year mathematical model uh, of the distribution. So what we will do, we, we were, um, we got about two hundred grand this year um, per that six-year six model. Next year will be when all this money kicks in for us, and we'll go from about two hundred grand a year to about a million a year over a six-year period. So it's not just a million a year next year; it'll be that way for the next six years, and that's that's nice to budget for. 
Let's talk about your 33-year-old head basketball coach, Shaka Smart. He's an amazing coach. He's innovative with the team style of play. He's also really charismatic and well-spoken. Uh, an incredible find by you when you hired him as your head coach off of Billy Donovan's staff at the University of Florida. What traits does Shaka possess that attracted you to want to hire him as your head basketball coach? Well, a lot of what you just said, he's... Uh... He's extremely bright. He, you know, he got into Harvard and Yale out of out of high school, uh, and not because of basketball and academics. And he he combines that type of uh, intellect with being very humble and being very uh, an amazing communicator. Someone who has a great vision for what he wants out of his program. He really has a heart for the players and wants to see them grow on and off the court. Um, I saw all that and then some when I hired him. You know, I got a little criticism when I hired him. We had just lost Anthony Grant, who at the time was a very, you know, hot uh, head coach and ended up going to Alabama. Um, and then before that, we lost Jeff Capel, who went to Oklahoma. So um, we've kind of gone with that assistant coach model. And, um, you know, I just saw a lot of those things in him and thought he would, be, he would be a perfect fit here. More of my conversation with Norwood Teague Athletic Director, Virginia Commonwealth University, coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, We'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. Now back to my conversation with Norwood Teague, the athletic director for Virginia Commonwealth University. VCU plays in the CAA, the Colonial Athletic Conference. Last year, the conference generated about $27 million. By comparison, the Big East Conference generated $154 million. My point is, because of the size of your conference and athletic department, it's really tough to compete financially and facilities-wise with the major conferences. Now, Shaka Smart makes about $325,000 a year in base salary. Some people have said he's in line to make as much as $2 million a year as a result of this magical run. Can VCU come up with that kind of money to retain Shaka Smart? Well, we're going to have to come up with quite a bit. I don't know if, if, if $2 million is the number, but you know we're going to have to come up with um, a good amount of, of compensation to keep him. He deserves it. 
Um, you know, the amount of, again, exposure he's brought to school via his program and um, just this run, uh, he, he deserves a, a, a major boost in his package. So I'm currently working on that. We're going to talk about it, obviously, when the season ends. Um, don't know if two million is quite the number, and I don't know if we could go that far, but we're going to be pretty darn competitive and, and really push ourselves. Is it wise to sink that much money into one coach? I mean, here you have this athletic department. You've got a bunch of different coaches. Obviously, men's basketball is, uh, you know, a marquee sport. But does it create some turmoil in the athletic department if you're paying someone that much more than everyone else? You know, it doesn't really create that much. I think people understand, for the most part, what we're trying to do here and that the, what the market requires of of us. I mean, our athletic, uh, our other coaches want men's basketball to be as good as they possibly can be because it helps them recruit, and it also is a money generator um, for them as well. So if men's basketball is doing well, they have resources they would not have normally had. So I think for the most part, we're fine. I mean, you, you may hear something here or there just because it's natural human reaction, but those that really understand it, look at it, they understand the situation. Let's talk about what your agenda is going to look like this weekend in Houston. I imagine you're going to be engaging as many people as possible to talk to them about VCU. Tell us about what you're going to be up to this weekend. Well, we have so many fans that are going, and I'm going to be doing a lot of entertaining and, and uh, being at events with them. Uh, we'll go to some other events with other uh, where other fans will be, and <laughs> I'll just be fully ensconced in a lot of those um, and with our fans, certainly entertaining them and um, being with the team quite a bit. Um, you know, the, the days get very short, and uh, there's only a certain amount you can do, um, but we'll be up early and staying up late, uh, you know, entertaining, uh, doing media, doing all kinds of things. Yeah, your team has really handled the media well. I don't know how much media they got during the regular season, but obviously Shaka, as I said, does a great job with the media, but your players have done a nice job too. The thing that really struck me after that Kansas game the players acted like they expected to win that game. It was not this enormous celebration like they had just won the championship. It was kind of like, you know what? We expected to beat number one seeded Kansas and go on to Houston. They had this strange uh, sense of determination. I don't, strange is probably not a good word. More of a, of a uh, resolve within them right now that just uh, they know they're playing great. They know what they're capable of. And they just know they're going to come at teams. They're not going to back down. And um, it, it, I agree with you. They were, uh, while they were immensely excited, they were they weren't stunned by any means. So I think that's part of why we're winning. How much did all the talk at the beginning of the tournament when people said VCU shouldn't even be in? I mean, there were some high-profile reporters who I won't name on the air that you know said VCU doesn't belong. They don't belong in this field, and now look what they've done. How much did that motivate them? Oh, I think I would be uh, lying if I didn't say it didn't motivate our players. Uh, anytime, heck, it motivated me. Um, you know, anytime you get, uh, you know. Uh, slap down a lot, you're going to want to prove somebody wrong, and uh, I'm glad they said it, um, and I'm, I hope they say it some more, because it certainly has motivated motivated our guys, and I think, you know, if you look at the prognosticators right now, most everyone's picking Butler, so, you know, that's fine. I don't, you know, I wouldn't count us out, and I, I'm, you know, we're, uh, we got a, some tough guys, and uh, a really neat group. 
Well, the other thing I wonder is this. The guys that play on VCU, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, they are not the elite of the elite recruits. These are not top 50 high school players. When they play the Kansases and the Georgetowns and the people who have those players on their team, it, it feels like they have something to prove to them and they play extra hard because they want to show, you know what, I belong with this class of player. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to want to show that they can they can play at that level and play against these guys. Um, and I think one thing that happens now in college basketball also is that so many of our guys, um, because they're at, you know, they were at a high level in high school, they play AAU ball against these guys or with these guys throughout their high school career. So I think they're a little less intimidated because of that. It's not the first time they've been on the floor with, you know, a bunch of high school All-Americans. They did it a lot in the AAU scene and, you know, Joey Rodriguez, our point guard, uh, two of his teammates played at, or one Chandler Parsons is at Florida. Uh, the other one, Nick Calathis, you know, Calathis played there until, uh, several years ago. He went pro early. So they've been around the block. They, um, they, they're not intimidated. They definitely have something to prove. With VCU and Butler being in the Final Four, ton of talk about mid-majors this year. You know, here's my theory, Norwood, is that because of so many one-and-dones at the elite schools, the gap has narrowed between the mid-majors and the elite schools because you've got teams, the mid-majors, where players are staying for four years. And if you have schools like Kentucky or UConn or Duke or Ohio State where they have a lot of one-and-done guys, that hurts them with continuity. What do you think about that gap narrowing between mid-majors and the elite programs? Well, I think it does It does narrow a bit because of that. I mean, I know like the Morris twins, though, at, at Kansas were juniors, and there's still a lot of guys that are there that are elite that are still, um, you know, that were not one and done. Um, however, I think another thing, too, is I just think there are better players nowadays. I think there's the head count of better players um, is, has gotten greater so that there's more talent to spread around. Um, you know, I, I've always heard that, you know, a school like VCU, even though we're not a, I mean, we're not probably in the middle of the mid-majors, I would think we're at the top of them, uh, or the, the top level, we're, we're usually one player away from being as good as a lot of ACC schools, or one player away from being just like a, a Big Ten program, um, and usually that's a big man, so there's sometimes not as much a gap as people think. Interesting. A few minutes left with Norwood Teague. He's the athletic director of Virginia Commonwealth University VCU playing in the Final Four in Houston this weekend. All right. Let's imagine Monday night you're cutting down the nets in Houston. What does it look like for you after that? How do you activate around a championship? What do you and your staff do to maximize this opportunity that you've been given? Well, I think first from a marketing and development side of things, you've got to plan, you've got to think, you've got to be strategic, and you've also got to not bite off more than you can chew. Um, I felt like when I was at Carolina in 05 when we won and beat Illinois, we did a really good job um, maximizing a lot of the publicity, a lot of the media, a lot of the uh, memorabilia, merchandise, um, just the, all that comes with that. But I did think we, we, we probably uh, – decided to do a couple projects that were too time consuming and didn't produce the ROI that I had expected. So I think we got to be smart. We've got to be, um, we can't run around and just be, um, trying to do everything for everyone or trying to do everything we want to do. We got to be, cause you only have a, a, so much time in a, in a given week. Um, we've just got to be smart in that area and we've got to, you know, 
uh, think re- revenue and 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 doing things in a first class way. Win or lose this weekend, how soon until you sit down with Shaka Smart and talk about keeping him at VCU? Oh, probably you know sometime next week. I mean, I won't ha- have a uh, talk with him in the locker room or anything like that after the game. Sure. But, uh, you know, we'll get back and sit down, and, and um, we both said we'll talk next week. We'll figure this thing out, and um, we'll put our heads together and, and 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 get everything taken care of. Well, and he's so charming with the media. I would imagine, you know, again, win or lose this weekend, he's a great guy to send out there as a goodwill ambassador for VCU, doing interviews and talking about your school and your brand. And uh, you know, well, he's a real engaging guy. Absolutely, and he's he's so well spoken. So. He's going to have a lot of demands on him, regardless of what we do this weekend, after this weekend. So, you know, there again, I've got to be smart to help um, make some decisions about what he does and, and where he does it for him, instead of having him to say no always, because he's going to have only so much time on his hands, and he's got to get ready, you know, for recruiting this summer and do some you know, other recruiting as well. So um, he will be in demand because of what we've done and because of him. Um, we got to be just smart about how we use him. Does he have an agent, or will you sit down with him directly? I, I've sat down with him directly. Um, he has a um, an advisor, I think you would call it, a kind of an attorney who looks at his contracts, but he does not have an agent per se. Um, he's kind of different in that way. So he and I deal with it a lot, you know, one-on-one, and um, and then we'll probably send it to his lawyer. And then we have a lawyer with the university that will – will help us as well and then we'll get we'll get everything taken care of last question i'm a big uh believer in social media i'm on twitter uh, i see you're on twitter at norwood vcu but you haven't tweeted in a while we need you to tweet more and then also <laughs> you've got some basketball players that have tweeted and i've really enjoyed following this run through their eyes i want to see you tweeting well, I need to do it more, and I think I'm, I'll, I'll get back on the uh, on the on the on the tweet wagon here pretty soon. Good, and, and tell Shaka too. I mean, you know, I know you guys are super busy, but it's just the great thing about Twitter is it gives people an insight into your universe, and it's been a pleasure following a few of the men's basketball players because you feel like in some stages you're with them and you're getting this behind the scenes look, and it's been really fun to follow. Well, that's good advice. I'll hop back on. All right. Norwood Teague, Athletic Director, VCU. Best of luck this weekend at the Final Four. Really appreciate you making time for us on the show this week. Hey, it's been a pleasure, and I really appreciate the interest. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Has your big toe ever had a gout flare? If you've experienced intense pain, tenderness, and swelling in the joints of your big toe, you might be suffering from gout a medical condition related to arthritis. If you have gout, there are various research studies going on right now that may need your help. One of the studies needs men and women at least 50 years old who have a history of chronic gout, suffer from cardiovascular disease such as a heart attack, chest pain, unstable angina, or complications due to diabetes. 
Another needs people who have suffered from chronic gout and have been told by a health care provider that they have decreased kidney function. Yet another needs men and women at least 18 years of age who have suffered no more than two gout flares in their lifetime and have never taken medication for gout. If you suffer from gout, call 877-859-7560 or log on to goutstudynow.com forward slash SBR to see if you may qualify for one of these studies. That's 877-859-7560. That's 877-859-7560. This is Sports Business Radio. Well, Major League Baseball this week introduced the MLB Fan Cave. Find them on Twitter at MLB Fan Cave. Starting on opening day, which was this past Thursday, the winner, Mike O'Hara, is going to inhabit the Fan Cave every day for the entire 2011 Major League Baseball season, along with his wingman, Ryan Wagner. They're going to watch 2,430 regular season games plus every postseason game while chronicling their experiences and sharing their viewpoints on baseball and pop culture through Facebook, Twitter, a blog on MLB.com. Griggs, there's going to be these 32 14-foot windows. This place is located in Greenwich Village, uh, the corner of 4th and Broadway if you're in New York. I don't know if I can watch that many games. I love baseball. I have a fantasy baseball team. It's the only fantasy sport I play. But if you had me sit down and watch 2,430 games and live in this man cave and not you know, go out and exercise or anything like that, I don't know that I could do it. Yeah, it could get nasty too. I mean, you got two guys in there. Uh, probably not a shower anywhere near. I mean, it, you know, you're thinking some pretty ugly things could happen. And like you're saying, I mean, they're obviously going to get fed well. It could get, uh, you know, no shaving maybe. I don't know if they're going to really let them live it like they're living like a survivor type thing. But yeah, that's a lot of baseball. Well, hopefully in the earlier portion of the day, they're taking a shower and they're maybe getting something to eat. And then when the games come on later in the day, uh, you know, they can sit and, and watch the games. But I want to see how much weight do these guys gain? Like, you said. Uh, they're probably not going to be eating real healthy. They probably won't be exercising. It kind of reminds me of uh, Super Size Me, the, the documentary, where the guy went and ate McDonald's like every day for a month. These guys are going to watch every single game. The question I want to ask them at the end of the season, are you still a Major League Baseball fan? Are you sick of it? That'll be interesting, but uh, MLB Fan Cave on Twitter. I'll be following them. All right, lots of thank yous on our show this week. VCU's athletic director, Norwood Teague, thank you to him. Our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Jared Melzer, Patrick O'Neill, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Click on the iTunes icon on the front page of sportsbusinessradio.com to have our show podcast download to your iTunes every week. We'd really appreciate it if you post a review of our podcast on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter, at SB Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week. Enjoy the Final Four. Enjoy the opening of the baseball season. We'll talk to you next week right here on Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes, 
and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio.